Shut up and sit down. Here we go again. What's up, guys? Welcome to the show. This is the Quiet Part Loud podcast. I'm your host, Daryl, as always, and it's good to be back. Episode 53 today, so we're keeping it moving on this sunny afternoon in London. Um, we had a little bit of a little bit of a cold spurt there, and I thought the frost was coming to kill all my plants, but it's turned itself around and everything is kicked back in. Things are going great. Um, can't complain. It's been a busy, busy old week though. Uh, been running a bit ragged, and uh, yeah, it's coming to the end of it. So I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to the weekend. We got one more week until Connor Khabib, and if you guys didn't see that press conference, it was a good one. It was a good one. I mean, from the antics and everything, it was straight Connor. It was 100% Connor. You know, and it was a 10-8 round for him in terms of, you know, him jawing with Khabib. But it was always going to be that way. Khabib's second language is English. You know, um, he's not much of a shit talker anyways. Uh, but Connor came out absolutely steaming on fire. And uh, yeah, it was a good it was a good show. My only complaint, as I'm sure most uh, people have voiced by this point by this time, uh, is that they didn't have a live crowd there. And I understand why they might not have done that, you know, being kind of having Russian fans in there and Irish fans in there, mix that with some booze and mix that with, you know, Connor's uh, ability to rile up a crowd and you could have a pretty, a pretty volatile situation. However, I think they still should have had some sort of a, some sort of a fan base in the arena because it would have just, it would have brought the energy up that extra that extra couple of points and really would have, um, you know, would have provided feedback. It would have provided a feedback loop for those guys to, 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 to work with and to feed off of and to, and to keep it going. But nevertheless, it was good. Got personal, got very personal. Um, so you get the sense that this isn't just like a, this isn't just a marketing beef. Although they've, you know, they've managed to cut some amazing promos uh, with the back and forth coverage of of this whole animosity and the bus incident with the trolley and you know the Artem Lobov uh incident with Khabib and now there's uh Khabib's manager um I forget his name Abdil Abdil Abduz or something like that I, I don't know I can't remember his fucking name but apparently there's some really really shady dealings with him I don't know the story but I know that there is a there is like a documentary or an article about the scenario where apparently he works for the FBI and he had to abandon his son or something like that. I, I can't speak on it because I haven't read it, but apparently Connor's team have and they were going all sorts of personal and all sorts of tribal and all sorts of uh, just offensive bombardment of whatever this scenario is um it's called the furca inquiry or something like that if you want to check it out but uh now i think that's the only press conference that they're going to do and that the next time they'll be in front of each other will be at the face-off at the weigh-ins so 
couple more days and we're into fight week. And then, you know, the UFC will start releasing the embeddeds, I believe. Uh, so we'll get some more footage that way. But other than that, it's kind of the final push. And, you know, I'm a huge Conor McGregor fan. I'm a huge, huge Conor McGregor fan. Have been since, you know, um, the cage rage days back, uh, back when he was on the local circuit and he was coming up. But I'm also a fan of Khabib. I'm a fan of his work ethic and his discipline and his dominance so far. But there's there's questions to ask about this fight in terms of the level of competition that Khabib has fought versus the level of competition that Connor has fought. Um, there's a question around has Khabib actually fought a striker of any note like Connor is? And the, and the reciprocal question is Connor's never categorically, it's not even a question. Connor's never faced a wrestler or a grappler like Khabib, which gives you the kind of contrast of the fight is that Khabib's not a great stand-up fighter. He's not a good, he's not a good striker, period. You know, he's, um, you know, in comparison to, you know, his opponent, who is Connor, who is a, an absolutely proficient, accurate, deadly striker when it comes to MMA. And so there's a huge discrepancy on the feet. But there's a huge and arguably even bigger discrepancy on the ground. And the question is, and the question that everybody will be asking is, can Khabib get a hold of him? And if he gets a hold of him and gets him down, which he ultimately will, can Connor get back up? That's the question. You know, the underlying question there is on the feet where he doesn't have the ability or the strength or the conditioning or whatever it may be to actually finish a takedown on Connor after he does damage or just, you know, straight KOs him. Can that happen on the feet? Of course it can. The intriguing thing about this fight is will. What will happen? Will Khabib get him down, get a hold of him and take him down? Will Connor be able to get back up? Will Khabib be able to close the distance effectively enough without getting tagged? Will Connor be able to find the range with that left hand on a clean enough shot where we see another Aldo or an Eddie Alvarez or a Chad Mendez? Or Nate Diaz, you know. I mean, the second Nate Diaz fight was an absolute bloodbath. Those guys were just fucking starching each other, you know. So Connor carries good power into 155. Khabib's big. He's bigger than Connor is. And I, I saw a picture today that actually made me ask a question about Khabib potentially making weight. He's missed in the past. So there is a question there. Will Khabib make weight, right? It's all will, 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 will. And then if Khabib gets Connor down, will Connor have the will to get back up? Will he have the will to, sur to survive a sustained barrage of ground and pound that Khabib to this point has been able to put on anybody because he hasn't even lost a round 
26-0 in pretty dominant fashion in terms of a control. Not, he's not a finisher necessarily. He just generally beats guys down. Um, you know, he has gotten finishes before, but, you know, his last few fights are, you know, grab a guy, take him down, hit him, control him, pound him, you know, just basically just bully him and rough him up. So a lot of wills, will this, will that, but I'm super stoked for it. And, uh, it's going to be, I mean, I think the press conference on YouTube alone has had like 5 million views. Facebook way up there, you know, it's trending to be, and trending means absolutely fuck all until people actually, you know, put their credit card details through and confirm the purchase, but it is trending to be the biggest event, biggest fight in UFC history. And obviously Connor now is co-promoting with the UFC, which is huge for him. Um, his newly launched uh, whiskey is going to be uh, one of the main sponsors at UFC 230, I believe, in Madison Square Gardens. Um so big things happening on the McGregor side. I just hope he can get through this because apparently he signed a six-fight deal with the UFC. And it makes me really curious as to what that includes. You know, does that include another boxing match or something like that outside of the organization? Because I just wonder, like, who are the next six guys for him? Because if he beats Khabib, then I imagine the next fight is George St. Pierre. And then the next one will be, what, the winner of Nate Diaz and Dustin Poirier at 165? I don't know. I don't know. So it's quite curious um, as to a six-fight contract because I thought maybe Connor had two more and then he was going to be calling it a day. So we'll see what happens. But the only thing I'm focused on right now is next Saturday night. Um it's going to be absolutely chaos, and I'll be staying up for that one. That's a take a nap at 9, wake up at 11, you know, maybe even a little later than that, and then the prelims start at 1, and the main event should kick off at like 4, 4.30 a.m. or something like that, but I'm not missing that. I'm not catching up on that in the morning. I'll be, I'll be up live for for this event and i generally stay out for the connor fight anyway but um yeah tune in it's going to be on uh bt sport i believe uh as normal so anybody in the uk will be able to watch it that way it's going to be enormous and it's so unknown what the outcome is here it's so unknown it could be devastating one way or another but what if we just get another Nate and Connor, the second fight? What if it's one of those? I mean, I mean, that would just be insane. Anyways, moving on, moving on. It's going to be fucking nuts. Moving on. Uh, we've got more important stuff to talk about, guys, because there was a bit of a state of an emergency yesterday, according to some of the British uh, press. Um, apparently, and I don't know, like I didn't, I didn't see this, but it's I can't, I can't believe, like really, really shocking stuff now. So the so a, a lot of the mainstream media here yesterday were report, was reporting that 
um, that there was chaos in the royal family or something like that, or a big, like, what's going to happen with the royal family? Because Meghan Markle, um, she got out of a car and she closed the door behind her. Yep. You heard that right. The news outlets and the media outlets in this country covered the fact that Meghan Markle got out of a car and closed the door herself. Now, I'm all for you reporting bullshit news that doesn't matter to anybody on bullshit news stations that don't matter to anybody. You know, like E! News or, you know, those entertainment sites. That's where this belongs. This doesn't belong in a major newspaper. This doesn't belong on a major uh, news provider of, on television. It doesn't need to be covered because it's not news. It doesn't matter if for a hundred years someone has closed the door behind a princess. It doesn't matter. She got out and she does what every other person on the fucking planet does when they get out of a car. They close the door themselves. That story's over. In fact, it shouldn't have been written in the fucking first place. So if you think that that's important, if you think that that's substantial enough to get airtime or column inches in major media outlets, then do me a favor, smash your head against a brick wall and lose my fucking number because we've got nothing to talk about. We can't be friends. We cannot be friends. I got no interest in knowing you if you think that that's important, okay? And it's a disgrace that the media outlets in this country were covering it all. With the amount of stuff that's going on in our world today, you give time to that, you should be ashamed of yourselves. You're a disgrace to the word journalism. And you don't, you don't deserve to be around, to be fair. You add no value with stories like that. We have a president of America blaming a country without evidence for interfering with an election when he won't, he won't confront the guy who we do have evidence absolutely did. And all this is doing is heightening up you know, tensions on the trade war that's currently going on. He's levied $250 billion worth of tariffs on China. They've responded by levying something like 70 or 80 million, right? So China's now repositioned itself or is starting to reposition itself as buckling down and getting ready to engage in this trade war rather than taking steps to resolve it. Right, because Trump's not willing to negotiate in terms of anything sensible, so it takes irrational responses or you know offensive measures in the opposite direction to hopefully get him to change his tune. But the fact that 
as one example, something like that is going on. And they're, they're, they're cutting time off that potential coverage to cover something like Meghan Markle closing the fucking door of a car behind her. It's just a disgrace. And it's really, really, it's getting to the point where it's a laughable situation now where you just have to, you just have to call people out, right? Like I watch Fox News all the time, all the time, because I want to see exactly what is going on with the other side of the conversation, right? It's easy to take the liberal side. It's easy to view the liberal side. But you also have to hear the conservative side of the argument too. And we've talked about this before. But I need to know what all parties are saying so that I can develop an informed informed opinion on what the level of bias is from each side and decide accordingly what my viewpoint is and whether or not I'm on the fence about something or if I'm leaning one way or another based on the evidence that I look at myself and then what I take from the so-called quote-unquote experts and the journalists that are doing this for a living. But we've got other shit going on. And we need to pay more attention to the important things so that we can get them straightened out. Like the fact that there's a smear campaign against Jeremy Corbyn going on inside and outside of his party because of the attachment to the Jewish community in this country which is an absolute disgrace because what's happening now is the Jewish community's credibility is being hurt. Their positioning is being compromised because they're engaged in a war that everybody knows is garbage. Like I've said to you guys before, of course there are anti-Semitics inside the Labour Party, just like there's anti-Semitics inside of your organization that you work for, just like there's anti-Semitics inside of the Conservative Party, just like there's anti-Semitics inside of the banks, and the hospitals and the police force and the fire department, of course. And if you identify those cancerous cells within your organism or your organization, you get rid of them and you cut them out accordingly. But as one is cut out or as multiple cancerous cells are cut out, it doesn't mean that it's automatically metastasized itself across the entire company structure, political party, organization. It does not mean that. So we have to take these things with context and nuance as we always talk about and we have to look at them on the evidence and on the merit of who's making these claims. And I just think it's gross that the media in this country is not spending a whole lot of time on the fairness of the politics and the uh, and what we've got going on in terms of this smear campaign because it's so blatantly obvious and if they're not covering it it's so blatantly obvious why they're not covering it which shows a complete transparency on how biased they actually are and the fact that they're not reporting news they're reporting opinion and they're reporting a version of the news that they want to distribute based on their interests where they should be unbiased and transparent and trustworthy, their transparency comes in the form of blatant bullshit that they put out all the time that you can fact check or research yourself to say, is what they're saying actually true? Is, is Jeremy Corbyn an anti-Semite? When you can go back and look clearly at the fact that, you know, he's not, 
He's not. But yet they want to make digs. They want to make digs. They want to make digs. And the media in this country doesn't report on anything that would show truth towards that claim or evidence to the contrary. And that's gross. We cannot have it. We have to be accountable. We talk about it every fucking episode. It's about accountability. I did think it was funny that, uh, you know, all this shit with Brett Kavanaugh is going on in America, um, you know, about his confirmation hearings and these women that have come out and uh, made uh, allegations of sexual uh, misconduct back in the 80s when they were in high school. I do think it's quite timely. It's, uh, I mean, funny as in timely and, you know, that sort of thing rather than humorous because... Um, Obviously, Mr. Jello Pudding Pops himself uh, got sentenced to three to ten years yesterday, um, and it was pretty. It was it was pretty. It was pretty sad to see a man of eighty, who has been a national, international, global icon for decades, and you know a supposed pillar of the black community uh, for for decades, be. Uh, be led out of a courtroom into a jail in handcuffs and shackles, um, knowing that that could effectively be a death sentence for him, right? I mean, you know, we know we know about the stress of prison from the documentaries that we've seen. You know, we know the accounts that we've heard of people who have been locked up and let go uh, because they've been falsely accused and fault and wrongly convicted. You know, we know of the hell inside prisons. Now, I don't think Bill Cosby's going to get gen pop or anything like that, but he's still going to be in prison, and that's going to be stressful. And stress for a man who already looks terrible, who is over the age of 80, it's very, very easy to assume, uh, to, 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 to imagine that this might be where he dies. And what a fall from grace because of a sexual proclivity or a predatorship, whatever you want to call it. I mean, the man the man is a sexual predator, no doubt. He's one of the most prolific, prolific cases of, um, of, of rape that we've heard of. Um, and he's, you know, he's only been convicted based on the statute of limitations on, on raping one person. But the judge, you know, the judge defined him, the judge characterized him as, you know, as a, as a sexual predator. You know, um, and, you know, this is Dr. Huxtable, you know, who was giving roofies to work, to women and fucking while they were passed out for years, for years, you know, and it's just like, we're going to see, we're going to see Bill Cosby possibly die in prison. It's just, I mean, I got no sympathy for him. I have no sympathy for him, especially because of his higher than thou and fucking uppity um, way he carried himself and conducted himself in terms of this modicum of like, you know, an upstanding black man. And he would criticize other, you know, black comedians and black actors if they, you know, if they were foul mouthed or whatever, or they if they dressed how he didn't think was appropriate, he would criticize them and say, look at me. Look at me. 
and meanwhile he's doing this in the background so in terms of how I feel about it I feel really sad about it because it's such a fall from grace in terms of the icon that he was and the powerhouse that he was but I have absolutely no sympathy for him whatsoever and I hope he fucking dies in jail because that's where he deserves to be rotten he needs to be in prison he's a fuck fuck him fuck his health fuck his age he was going after women with roofies man He's a sexual predator. We don't know the reasons behind it, but he is a sexual predator and he is exactly where he should have been a long time ago. So I don't feel bad about saying it. I don't feel bad about saying it. Think, imagine if one of those women that he got his hands on was your mom or your grandma. You know, you'd want this motherfucker strung up and hung, drawn and quartered. You'd want to see him in the you'd you'd see you'd want to see him get a hot dose right in his arm. I know I would. So I'm not sad that he's in prison. I'm not sad that he might die in prison. I'm just sad that it's it's such a fall from grace. It's just, you know, it's sad when you see something like that occur. You wish the world could be better than that. But even our heroes, not saying that Bill Cosby was a hero of mine, but he was a hero for a lot of people, you know, to the point where they were like, nah, even when 50 odd women came out and was like, yep, he did it to me too. You know, all these, you know, all these people still wanted to stick with him. And I'm sure there's still people now that want to stick with him and say, nah, I didn't do nothing, you know, or let him go easy on him. He's old. Hasn't he given us more than he's taken, you know? And I say, no, fuck that. I don't give a shit if he's 90. Stick his ass in a cell and fucking leave him there with three hots and a cots till he dies. I'm sorry, man. Maybe that's harsh, but fuck that guy. But you know what? I want to see exactly the same thing. And what Bill Cosby cannot be is the example shown. And what I mean by that is you've currently got, I mean, off the top of my head, 10 prominent white figures, white men, prominent figures in media or industry or what have you that have had serious sexual allegation claims thrown at them to the point where they've been fired from the cor from the corporation or the company, the organization that they work for. Well, why are these not being investigated more seriously? Like I, I just saw something on the Harvey Weinstein where there's new claims or something like that that where you know could be pretty serious and he could spend his life in prison. Good. If it comes out and it's true and it's proven true, you know beyond a reasonable doubt, then good. Same fate. Take his fat, sweaty-looking, nasty ass, stick him in a fucking 8x10, and give him three hots in a cot until he dies. See you later. We don't fucking need people like this. Matt Lauer, same thing. Don't give a fuck. Now, if we're talking about things like, you know, what is coming out about this Judge Kavanaugh, this Brett Kavanaugh guy, then... 
okay, is there is there a basis of of criminality to it? Of course, but the statute of limitations on that level of involvement, even if it was a rape, is probably up, which is similar to like the Bill Cosby thing. But should he be on the Supreme Court? Absolutely fucking not. Should he even be considered? Absolutely fucking not. Why? Because one, he was a scumbag. And scumbags are generally scumbags, especially if they're in a privileged position in life where they don't really have any consequence or have to answer to anybody. It's just, you know, go to your prep school, do your job, mingle with society, get to a high place of society. Everything is fucking handed to you effectively. He should not be confirmed or even considered for the Supreme Court. But I don't think it's necessarily warrants like a criminal investigation. But he should definitely be disqualified. Now, if it comes out that he was actually involved in a gangbang and he was raping women, then absolutely, because I actually don't believe in the statute of limitations in terms of crimes like that. So if it came out and it was proven that he was actually you know, part of the train that was being run on these young girls, then absolutely we should look a bit more seriously into it. But anybody that's been accused of rape in the same way as Bill Cosby or in any vein, you know, around the same severity as Bill Cosby, they should rot in a fucking jail cell. We don't need rapists walking around. We don't need sexual abuse perpetrators walking around let alone in positions of authority and power, right? But we also have to be very careful about the other side of this coin, right? We got to be careful about accusations for retribution purposes or for whatever other nefarious reasons you could think of that a woman might make something like this up. And if you don't think women make things like this up, then you're fucking naive, But I'm not saying on the basis of that statement that these women who are coming out should not be believed because I think where we're at now with it, especially in such a high profile case and situation that we find ourselves in with the Brett Kavanaugh situation is that we should absolutely be taking all of these allegations seriously, but there are levels of seriousness that need to be considered when, you know, when evaluating the validity of these claims. For instance, two of these women that have come out against Brett Kavanaugh have signed official affidavits, which means sworn um, sworn testimony, right? In which if found to be untrue or that you were lying about something, you can be up on perjury charges. Now, these women, obviously Dr. Ford, she is a scientist and a researcher and, you know, has a family and all of that. If she's found to be making false claims, not only is she in major fucking trouble from, you know, from uh, from the State Department or wherever the fuck it is that made her sign the affidavit, Department of Justice or whatever, but her career is over. Her career and her personal life are in tatters off the back of that, right? Because she's sworn that something was true and if it's proven that it's not, then that disqualifies all credibility with her, right? Personally and professionally, in my opinion. Because she's effectively gone after a man for retribution or jealousy or whatever other fucking reason there is, political, whatever. And she has gone to the brink of ruining a man's life because if he's actually found out to be what these women claim he is, His life is over. 
His professional life is over. His political life is sure as fuck over. His Supreme Court of America dreams are squashed. For sure. So, Dr. Ford, Blazy Ford, I think her name is. Christina Blazy Ford, I think her, I think her name is. Um, and then the other one, I can't remember uh, what, her, what her name is. Oh, Julie uh, Schwetnik. She's also signed a sworn affidavit and has called for an FBI investigation into these issues. Now, you know, take my previous statement, right? If you don't think that women make these claims up against men for vindictive reasons and to get retribution over, you know, some grievance, you are a naive asshole. Now, if someone is willing to go into the Department of Justice or wherever they go to do these things and signs, gives a statement and it is a sworn affidavit, this Julie Swetnick apparently has like <clears throat> security clearances and stuff like that. So she's got access to information that, you know, is obviously vital for her career and for her job or whatever. You know, if these women have signed these affidavits and it turns out that they're lying, their fucking lives are over too. Personally and professionally. But I almost like, like, again, I don't want to lean either which way, right? Because we need all the facts. We need all the evidence. We need all of this stuff to come out. But something in my gut just says, like, that's a fucking long way to go for a lie. In terms of the women signing these affidavits. Right? That's a long way to go. That's pushing a lie all the way to the end of the road. Like, you're almost at the cliff, right? Like, if you're playing a game of chicken, man, you're fucking, you're almost head on already. So, my gut says, if they've gone all this way, there's, there's got to be some truth to it, right? And on the other side of the coin, if I'm Brett Kavanaugh, and I know in my heart of hearts that this shit never happened, and I'm the fucking schoolboy and the Boy Scout that everybody claims and I claim that I am. I want the whole thing blown open. I want them to go ahead and take their time. Because this is a lifetime appointment, right? And he's, I don't, I don't know fucking how old he is. He looks about 50, right? Something like that. I mean, he looks like shit, let's be honest. But he looks about 50, Um it's a lifetime appointment. He's potentially got 35 years, 40 years on the on the bench. Right? Call it call it 30 years on the bench. <clears throat> on the most powerful court in America as the swing vote. One of the most important positions in American judiciary. Why not wait? Why not wait? This is my fucking question. Why not wait? If you've got nothing that you're worried about, why not wait? It just kind of baffles me that if you're so adamant, sorry, I'm eating a cookie, so rude. Um, it's, a, it's an oatmeal cookie, so it's kind of healthy. Um, but if you're so damn sure that you did nothing wrong, You've got a couple of months maybe to wait. I mean, the 
Anita Hill investigation was three days. You know, they could probably get this done in a couple of weeks. But why would you not advocate for all the time necessary to be taken to vindicate your claims? To say, see, I told you. Because at the same time, what you do <clears throat> is you also stand up for men who have become victims of false allegations, of which there are numerous. So not only could you win the day and win the job because you're absolutely going to get confirmed if you go to a vote, you win the day, you win the job, you win the debate, you ruin the lives of two pieces of shit, which if they're lying about this, they absolutely are. They're fucking scumbags. I'm just putting it out there. If these two women get shown to be lying, they're fucking scumbags. <clears throat> Same thing. Why would he not just wait? Why would he not? He, this Fox News interview was disgusting, man. It looked like he was guilty. And he was on home court. He had home court advantage and he still wasn't convincing. You understand me? I watch everything that I can that is not in line with my natural viewpoint so I can take a really objective view of the whole thing in a 360 view. So I watched the interview. Of course I watched the interview. Just like I've been watching... <coughs> all of Donald Trump's coverage on this and how he went from a very, very unusually sensible, level-headed position of we want to give her the chance to be heard and we want him to have the chance to refute or make his own claims and, and, and give his own account and we'll take it on the merit of the evidence was effectively what he was saying. But there was always an undertone of like, you know, she's lying, you know, fucking, which, you know, maybe she could be kind of thing. Now, it's just an all-out smear campaign and trying to discredit these women before they've even said a word. And the fact that this Kavanaugh guy, he knows implicitly as being an amazing person. Like, how long has he fucking known him for? What does he know about him? What other people have told him? The fact that he's been nice to Trump? He doesn't know anything. But now he's calling it a con job. Now he's effectively calling these women liars without any substantiative evidence to do so. Not only that, but he's got some claims out from women himself that he needs to fucking be careful of. You know? It just seems like a whole fucking shit show. But... Trump to come out in such vehement support. I know why he's doing it because he's desperate. He's so desperate. He sees what's going on here. He can't make these claims like he did at the UN and not expect to get laughed at and then expect people to believe him when he comes out and said, "Ah, oh, they were laughing with me. I was making, you know, they're, they're, they're enjoying it. They like, how, they like how good I've been. They get me. No, motherfucker. They were laughing at you because you're a fucking joke. Trump for years has said the world is laughing at America. And now he knows for sure that it is. But it's not laughing at America. It's laughing at him and the situation that America's allowed itself to get into. Because it is a laughable situation. To me, it's just... 
we live in parody. We live in parody. The, the, our reality is parody at the moment. This motherfucker making claims about China interfering with the elections, which they probably are to be fair, but he offers no evidence of this. <clears throat> he makes bold claims at United Nations, yet refuses to, 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 to say anything negative about Russia, who have been proven not only to be better in the election, but now a high-ranking military official who said he was a fucking tourist looking at a church in Salisbury is an assassin. Well, I, I come to watch church. Terrible Russian accent. I come to watch church. <laughs> Sorry. I am tourist. <laughs> well, I'm going to stop with the fucking accents today. Um, he claims him and his buddy came to Salisbury to look at a church and that they had nothing to do with it. And now it turns out he's like a colonel or some shit in the military. It's like Trump won't say nothing about any of that. Nothing about any of that. And now you got Rand Paul calling for like sanctions to be lifted off of Russia. Everybody was like, nope, you can fuck off. And actually, why do you want those things taken off anyways? So now they're going to start investigating this prick as well. You know, we live in parody, man. There's no TV shows with this kind of entertainment. Problem is, it's fucking with our reality. And it's opening the door for more chaos. And it's opening the door for some of these stupid parody situations that we find ourselves in. Like women who are publishing books saying, my baby feminist. You know, she's got a, a, if you haven't seen this book, it's hilarious. Joe Rogan actually posted it on his Instagram. I was just like, Jesus Christ. It's got a baby who's got makeup on, who's basically saying, uh, you know, she's got a megaphone in her hand, like screaming for her rights. It's like, what, like, like Rogan said, like what oppression has she been through? What oppression is she fighting? Cause she looks like she's a couple of months old. So what the fuck are we talking about? Or is that a joke book? I don't know. I'm not going to look into it. Just like I'm not going to look into the Mega Markle shit, you know? But we got to talk about it because it's absurd. And it's absurd that we got an, a, a guy running the fucking free world right now who gets away with lying and manipulating facts for his own pleasure and doesn't seem to be held accountable at all. You know? And now you got Rod Rosenstein, who is the guy. Uh, in charge of the Mueller investigation who is supposed to be having a meeting with Trump today about whether he keeps his job or not. So that guy fired uh, in the coming hours and then who knows what Trump can do to the Mueller investigation, right? Which might be his intention now that he knows the Brett Kavanaugh thing is, uh, is going pear-shaped. Because he was hoping to get Kavanaugh on the Supreme Court in case the Democrats won the midterms and decided to turn around and impeach him. Because Kavanaugh doesn't think a sitting president should be impeached or convicted on criminal charges or or put on trial for criminal charges. <coughs> so it's one massive clusterfuck. One massive clusterfuck. The thing I like about most of this, a couple things. One, on the sexual assault side of things with Kavanaugh and these new um, allegations from these women who one of them, the uh, the woman we spoke about just a second ago, what's her name? Let me, t let me just check her name again. 
uh, Julie Swetnick. Uh, she's actually done an on-camera interview. She's one of these women that's done a sworn affidavit. Michael Avenetti is her lawyer. He's the lawyer of Stormy Daniels as well. And he's a bit of a hard cunt. He's a hard-nosed motherfucker. He, he does not mind giving it straight down the middle. Like, he's a motherfucker. I don't want him running for president. I don't want him being elected to public office. But as a lawyer, he seems like a murderer. I don't know anything about his history. I don't know anything about his record. But I know about his Twitter activity. And his Twitter activity is fucking hilarious. Because he is going right at Trump. Right at Trump Jr. Like, he is he is going at them. And, uh, you know, he's... he's they both went to Penn State, Trump and this Avenetti guy, this lawyer. Um, <laughs> and Trump basically called him like a third-rate lawyer and an idiot or something like that, scam artist or something like that. So Avenetti was like, "Hey, hey, hey! We both went to Penn State. Let's release our let's release our records to public to the public and show which one of us was the idiot." Like he's just he's going at him like it's fucking hilarious. And to be honest, that's exactly what the Democrats need at the moment. They need somebody. That's going to show them the way to fight this motherfucker with the style of fighting that Trump likes to do, right? Trump is adversarial. He likes to lie, but he likes to be rude. He likes to take personal digs. He likes to discredit people. You know, this barrage on Twitter where he gets away with just having a, a voice to millions of people that, you know, effectively goes unchecked because unless he's paying detailed attention to his comments, which I highly doubt he is, you can basically sit there and just spout off at the mouth and there's no consequences. Well, this Avenetti guy said, well, fuck you, I'm going to come at you. And it's funny. So if you haven't, um, if you're on Twitter and you use Twitter, and you think that nobody out there is actually saying the right stuff back to Trump. Actually, this guy seems to be saying some of the right stuff back, and it's quite funny. Um, you know, he's called him an embarrassment and a joke. Um, you know, and then, I, again, I watch Fox News, and you get a dickhead like Tucker Carlson who comes out, and he's like, ah, oh, you know, the filthy porn lawyer. Like, you know, just, again, this slanderous attempt to just bring people down versus, like, via these like these catchphrases and it's just like crooked hillary and you know lion lion uh, lion ted or whatever it is the fuck he, you know he, trump calls people well now it seems like he's getting a bit of his own medicine and there seems to be pressure coming from multiple sides um so we'll see what happens but apparently uh dr ford and judge kavanaugh are both going to uh they both released um, they're kind of prepared statements and then I believe they're both going to be testifying at some point today um, and answering questions but I don't know the format is this going to be televised is it not I don't know um, so I'm going to have to have a little look into it but it's going to be interesting it's going to be very very interesting to see what's very very disturbing however is the amount of support that these kind of stable republic not stable i mean what's the right word these staple republicans these kind of like you know the old hat of the republican party fucking what i'm trying to say is all the old decrepit white bastards that are still running 
and exist within the Republican Party, like they're all coming out and saying, well, I'm going to vote for him even if she does say that he fucking assaulted her in high school. Excuse me? You're lending your affiliation and your recommendation to a man who you don't even know, let alone what he was like 30 years ago. But you're just saying because of politics and because party is stronger and more important than the country to these douchebags now that it doesn't matter. We want him on the court. We're going to vote for him. doesn't matter. We're going to vote for him. That's disgraceful. And I think <coughs> that is a basic fundamental form of misconduct and misappropriation of your responsibilities as an elected official. You're not supposed to go blankly and wildly into the night shackled to people that you don't actually know anything about just because they align with your politics. But they're just coming out in full support. Like, don't care if he did. This is a witch hunt. Don't care if he did. This is a con job. Don't care if he did. He's getting my vote anyways. These fucking hicks. These hicks. The world has passed you fuckers by. And the only thing that we're waiting for is for you guys all to die. Because you couldn't go soon enough, to be honest with you. Because you're holding the whole fucking country back. Now, I don't want the super progressive leftists running the country either. I want sensible fucking people running America. Because it has trickle-down effect on the rest of us. Now, if I go into talking about the state of play in the UK, I'm going to put a hole in my fucking computer. It's a little close to my heart because I live in the country and we're getting fucked around by a woman who looks like the Wicked Witch in the uh, Cinderella uh, cartoon back in the day. You know, the one that gives the apple, the poison apple? Is that Sleeping Beauty? I think that's Sleeping Beauty. doesn't matter. She looks like a fucking witch. And she's incompetent. And she's fucking us all over because she's effectively turned around and said now that, well, it's my deal for Brexit, which is the checkers deal, which we're not, nobody's happy with, or no deal. I don't think people fully understand what the ramifications of a no deal scenario of, of leaving the European Union is. Everything you buy is going to cost more. Every time you travel, it's going to be harder and more expensive. Your day-to-day -day trade, groceries, electronics, whatever, it all goes up. Nothing, as a consequence of this deal, makes your life more affordable. Nothing. Now, I might not be able to say that if we had some framework of a deal in place, but we don't. And I don't care what these fucking path, these, these politicians tell you, we got nothing. This is not, we're not getting a deal out of this. This is going to end up in a no deal and we're all fucked. Because what it's going to lead to is economic instability in Britain, which is going to cause a currency slide against the euro and subsequently the dollar. As Europe starts to do whatever Europe does, it's going to have an, a, an additional run-on effect with us. Now, the trade war between China and America is ultimately not going to be a good thing for the dollar. Even though the stock market is up and the economy is showing you know, 4% growth, this, as I've said in previous shows, is an anomaly and 
I would borderline say almost a fabrication because one, it's a run-on effect from Obama's um, economic uh, quantitative easing coupled with a temporary tax break, permanent for the rich, temporary and, or, and for corporations, temporary for the middle class. And deregulation, which is ultimately going to cause uh, economic instability via global um, disruption in terms of people having to move because of climate change or emissions and air pollution, um, you know, which is going to have a run on effect with mass agriculture and which is going to have a massive effect on climate, which is then going to be a disruptive force in terms of how that agriculture and business can operate certain times of the year, etc., etc. This fucking shit is all intertwined. But what you don't want is a guy who's going to start a $260 billion trade war with one of the biggest economies in the fucking world just because he wants to. Thinking that it's going to work out a-okay. And then somebody who says, you know what, I don't give a fuck about the environment either. Oh, you know, I don't give a fuck about the Paris uh, Climate Agreement. I don't give a fuck about the Iran nuclear deal. I don't give a fuck about the Trans-Pacific Partnership. I don't give a fuck about uh, Mexicans. And I'm building a wall there, so fuck those guys. And I'm going to keep the kids in cages. And, um, you know, uh, the International Criminal Court, they got no jurisdiction here. So fuck those guys. We're not going to recognize them either. Does this sound in any way, shape, or form like not that great of a person? Like if I if I knew a guy that was just like, nah, I don't believe in this. Nah, I don't want to do that. Nah, I don't fucking think this is real. You'd be like, what kind of a person are you? What kind of rational thinking person says things like this? Like we don't have to control the carbon that's going into our atmosphere. Elon Musk said three weeks ago, this is one of the dumbest, if not the dumbest experiment human beings have ever uh, engaged in. And it should be stopped as soon as possible. Taking carbon from the ground and putting it into the air. Most ridiculous shit ever. Trump wants to make it easier to do that. It, uh, it boggles my mind. And the Bolivian president basically went on a rant yesterday saying exactly what I just said um, about all the points of, of, of contention about how Trump claims he's for diplomacy and for democracy and for human rights. And all of the reasons that I just gave you are contradictory to anything that he said. He's a motherfucking liar. It's getting really, really tiresome. I told you guys a few episodes I didn't want to talk about this prick anymore, but you can't. You can't leave it. Somebody's got to draw some accountability to that, and it can't be in the way that MSNBC or CNN, although I like Cuomo, uh, Chris Cuomo on CNN. He's really good, but the rest of them are, are basically worthless. BBC's fucking useless. Um, Sky News is run by Rupert Murdoch. That's fucking useless. That's a, that's basically Fox News for England. Um, you know, ABC, CBS, you know, I go to Reuters, man. I go to the Associated Press. I go to uh, the Press Association, you know, AFP, people who are independent news agents with independent, non-editorialized journalism. This is, this is where I get my information. The Intercept is another one. 
You cannot rely on the BBC. They're a paid-for entity by the government in place. You can't count on CNN or Fox News. They're run by corporate interests. They're run by their advertisers, by their political donations, by their fucking board members who are politically leaning. You can't listen to all these guys. They're all developed a narrative that has nothing to do with you and everything about accomplishing a goal for the people at the top of those organizations. That's it. So, people who claim that they're for human rights and for democracy and for diplomacy, they have an even temper about them. They have, they have the ability to negotiate, to hear the other side of the, of the argument and make an informed decision. The people we have running America and the UK are not those people. They are not representative of anything that you and I are interested in. They don't give a fuck about any of us. They give a fuck about themselves, their longevity, and their retirement plan. And okay, I get selfishness, but not when you're in public service. It's kind of in the title. That we have to be a priority in your thinking, planning, and strategy execution whereby we're not just left with our dicks in our hands hoping that everything works out okay. And I'm getting fucking sick and tired of seeing people like Theresa May go on TV and make claims that everything's going to be good if you just hang tight and let, and let us do our thing. Fuck you. How about that? You are incompetent. You have done nothing for almost two years. You get me and a group of people I select at fucking random. We get this job done. But you take a vote now and you're losing 70 to 30 in terms of those that want to remain versus those that want to leave. You did it by a couple million votes last time. You better not put it out there or you're done because we're not going anywhere and you f your fucking political career is over. So, careful now. <clears throat> so, you know, it's, it's fucked all over the place. But, you know, again, it's just about accountability, man. These people aren't getting called out by, you know, they're not getting called out by anybody. They're not truly held accountable to anybody. You know, they're supposed to be accountable to their constituents, to their citizens, and they're not. It seems like we're okay with allowing mediocrity and incompetence in every form of life, but it seems like the tables are turned when it, when it comes to us, you know? I just think about what would happen if I underperformed <clears throat> at work for, I don't know, three months, let's say, you know, as a salesperson, my, my singular job is to bring in money and establish relationships, right? Let's just say, say I didn't do that. 
what I was being paid for. Do you think they would just give me an indefinite amount of time, not give me any like feedback, just let me keep doing what I was doing? Or do you think that they would look first of all to try to, you know, give me some advice on correcting the course? And if I didn't listen, then fucking fire me. Nobody seems to be taking any, any advice and nobody seems to be giving the right advice. It's just like, nope, I've made my decision how we're going to go forward. It's the same with Theresa May. It's the same with fucking Donald Trump. Corbyn's sitting here saying a no Brexit deal would be a national disaster. And I, I fucking agree with him. And if Theresa May thinks something else, then she should come out and say why. Because she's not giving us any specifics, which has been, you know, par for the course throughout this whole entire process. Well, I got a wife who is a European resident. What's going on with her? I know she's not really truly going to like get deported or anything, but how come nobody's come out and said, if you've been living here, she runs a business, man. She's got like fucking seven employees. You're just going to do sack her off, tell her she's got to move to Europe, get the fuck out. What's going on? I don't think that's going to happen. But my point is we don't know. You know, are we going to have an ample supply of medicine, food? You know, are we going to have enough um, good doctors left in the country? Are we going to have the parts and the mechanics to operate as a superpower country like we should be? Nobody's given us any information on it. And I think we should demand answers. I don't want another vote. And I'm a, I voted remain. The vote was, we're leaving. That's democracy, man. Even if your democracy has to be input by, you know, has input of complete and utter morons coupled with people who just cannot be bothered to do any research on their own and those that do a little bit of research and form an opinion and those the guys and those people that do all the research. We have to have... <clears throat> society is constructed this way. And if you put it up to a vote, you know, nobody except fucking, what's his name? Danny Dyer seems to be holding uh, David Cameron account, but you got a referendum <clears throat> to have another vote. Took that vote. We've decided to leave. I don't like it. I think it's a disaster, but that's how democracy works. You don't like it? Fuck off to Russia. See how that works out for you. So I think another vote would be bad in terms of what it does to destabilize democracy because then you can, you can effectively come to the conclusion that, well, my vote really doesn't matter for anything. You know, people always say that about elections, like my vote won't count. Well, if you voted to leave and they hold another vote, and we choose to stay, which we overwhelmingly would, you've just alienated 49%, <clears throat> or I should say 51% of the country. Can't do it. That's not how democracy works. You gotta fucking eat it if you fuck up. You gotta, you gotta suck it up. But I need some information because what's being carried out right now <clears throat> is a form of malpractice. And that I can't have. 
So under the current circumstances, because we're not given any information, I would almost say we need another vote. And I would justify it like this. We voted to invoke Article 50, which was the process of laying out how we would leave the EU. That has been done and this government has been proven and shown time and time again that it has no plan. The plan that it does have is untenable and therefore cannot go forward. So what we have come to after invoking Article 50 is that we don't have a sensible way to leave the EU. So therefore, we're not. So we're going to have another vote now to specifically say, now that you know what the process of Article 50 being invoked looks like, would you still vote to leave the EU? And on that count, you've got a 70-30 remain uh, to leave split. So we're not going anywhere if that happens. But I think the underlying consequences of doing another vote are disastrous, just like a no-deal Brexit is. So thanks very much again, politicians. You've got us in an untenable, lose-lose situation that fucks the majority of us in the long term. And ultimately, the people that voted overwhelmingly to leave the EU will be dead in 15 years and won't have to live with the consequences. So fucking two thumbs up for you guys as well. Um, but I just don't think you can go the other way and say, fuck democracy. The vote doesn't count. That sets a very, very dangerous precedent. So let's just try to get through it, eh? Let's just, let's just try to be the most stable unit we can be. Let's try to be as cohesive a country as possible. I was going to talk about uh, gender fluidity today, but I can't be bothered because it's just going to take me down a really, really fucking ugly path. Um, just something I saw from the other day. Uh, but no, I, I just think, you know, we need to stick together. We need to hold these motherfuckers in office accountable, both on this side of the pond and the other. And, uh, you know, let's stay tuned to see what's going on with the whole kind of Brett Kavanaugh thing. Um, Cause that is a soap opera and yes, it does affect us, but only, you know, only peripherally, you know, the Trump trade wars, that's going to have a bigger effect on us and we need to get that shit sorted out. So he needs to be out of office, but the whole Brett Kavanaugh thing is, uh, is very interesting and we're going to, we're going to know some shit after today. That's for sure. So, um, we should have a, uh, we should have, we should have a comeback on this, uh, on the next episode and just kind of like recap where we are now. Um, but that, I think that's it. I'm going pa to pack it up. We've done an hour. We've done an hour. You guys don't want to hear me anymore, do you? We're just talking. We're just talking. But I know you guys got other shit to do. So I'm going to let you go do that. Um, I'm going to pack it in and enjoy what little sunshine there is left for today. Um, it's been a busy old day at work. This was a nice release at the end of the day. And uh, and I always love getting on the mic and talking to you guys, man. I hope you guys, I hope you guys enjoy it like I do. Um, so let's leave it. Let's, let's wrap. Because... Uh, I'm going to come back next week. Obviously, we'll do a, a, an update on whatever the fuck this shit show's uh, turned into. But we got to break down UFC 229 properly. So I'm going to do some uh, some heavy looking into that one. 
and uh, and we're going to do a preview show because we haven't done an actual preview show, I think, in a while. Um, and I really want to do one for the Connor uh, Khabib fight. So I'm going to come back next week and do that. So there might be two shows next week, uh, depending on what my schedule looks like with work and with uh, training my, my fitness clients and things like that. We'll see. Uh, but I'm going to try my damnedest. Even if I have to do two in one day, Joe Rogan style, um, I might jump on and do one back to back. But definitely got to get a UFC preview uh, for 229 out. And then I want to recap on everything that's going on with the uh, with the Trump UN thing, with the Kavanaugh uh, situation and with all the allegations. So stay tuned. We're coming back next week. Definitely once, maybe twice. Um, but for now, that's a wrap, man. So that's uh, that's us. That's us, baby. We're, we're, we're cooling out. We're going we're going to enjoy a little bit more sunshine now um, and then get some food before we call it a night. Um, thanks for listening, guys. I appreciate you. And, uh, and I hope you keep coming back. Check us out on Facebook. Uh, check us out on Twitter. We always post the links to the shows there, uh, plus some kind of random engagements. And we share some links out for you know some of the stuff we talk about on the show and then other things that we're interested in. Um, and then you can download the show on iTunes. It's, it's generally about uh, 12 to 18 hours before it, it comes up on iTunes. Um, but you can always get us on SoundCloud. You can always get us on Stitcher. Um, there, uh, what's the other one? TuneIn. We're on TuneIn as well. So you can listen to us all over the place, and I hope you do. Uh, download, subscribe, give us some feedback. We'd love to hear from you as always. Um, and that's it. I'm Daryl. I'm 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 the one that's always here. So it's uh, it's a pleasure, guys. Uh, thanks so much for listening, and uh, and we hope to see you again or hear from you soon. Um, until next time, guys. All the best. <laughs>